0: What I wanted to talk about is the call. Um, Everybody has a call of God on their life. I don't care what anyone says. You may not be called to a pastor or something, but you are called by God to do something for him. Um, So this is something that's really close to my heart because um, when I got saved, Sean, Sean, or he's one of my mentors, but he really poured into me. And he said, there's a, go- there's a call of God on your life, and I never saw it. So it took him walking, it, walking me through that and showing me. And ever since then, I've always wanted to see people find their calling and start walking out their calling in God. Because it is the most rewarding thing when you can see someone start to flourish and start to become and reach their full potential in God. So that's really something that's really close to my heart. And so tonight, I have three points that I wanted to talk about. So I going to just get right into it. The first point is, well, it's a multi-point. Kind of stuck these two together because I thought they go really, really well together. And the first point is obedience and faith. I'm sorry, I don't have an outline. I uh, was having computer problems, and it just was a whole fiasco. So (laughs) I ran out of time. On the computer, but um, the story I want to talk about tonight is Peter walking on water. And so the story is Matthew. It's in Matthew chapter 14, verses 25 through 33. Give you guys, a second. Kill that. Cause that is that's killing me. Ooh, Matthew, 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 Matthew. So we're gonna go verses 25 through. So, I'm going to read this story real quick. So, Matthew 25 says, Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So we said, Come. And when Peter had come down off of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, caught him, and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? And when they had gotten in the boat, the wind ceased. And then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The first thing I wanted to talk about is the obedience part in this, is when Jesus tells Peter to come out. First of all, it's just crazy because he is walking on water. Anybody else in here walked on water? All right. I was just wondering, I am waiting for one day. Someone's like, yeah, I did. You know? But um (laughs) I'll give it to you. (laughs) Um But that's not what is crazy. What what was crazy to me is in verse 28 and 29, um, when he says, when he said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come, and Peter had come down out of the boat and walked on the water to go to Jesus. I read this, and nowhere does it says Peter got himself pumped up to walk on the water. He's about to do something crazy, right? He never doesn't say, Peter had a little pep talk with himself, like, you can do it. Come on, we got this. He said, come, I can go. All right, hold on, five seconds. Hold on, let's count down. You guys ever done that? You ever been in a situation where you're, like, trying to talk yourself through it? Yeah? Well, I went to Sly Park one time, and a great high school student, me and a great teenager, the waterfall there at Sly Park, we thought it'd be a great idea to climb to the top and jump off. So, I hate heights. So, not wanting to be the only person that didn't do it, I said, let's do it. So I get to the top and I'm the last person, all my friends jump in, the last one. cuz I'm like, all right, come on, Eli. And they all didn't hesitate. I get to the edge, I go, oh. take a step back. I'm like, all right, no, Eli, you got this. You can't be the only one that doesn't jump. You got this, all right, let's do it. Walk back to the edge and I'm like, yep, nope, it's still just as high. Take another step back. I'm talking myself through this. I'm like, Eli, it's just one step after another. It's a little step, come on. Now it's just a little, look, it's just right there. You just have to miss all those rocks and hit in the water. Like, it's not, that's nothing. Everyone else lived, you're gonna live too. And then that little thing in your head goes, You're not gonna live, you're gonna be the only one. (laughs) You know? You're like, Oh, great. So finally, I'm like, Okay, I tricked myself. I'm like, Eli, you're not gonna jump. I'm like, You're right, I'm not. And I jumped, I lived, praise the Lord. But I did hit a rock and kind of bust up my ankle a little bit. So no more jumping off waterfalls for me. And I had to walk back on it. So parents asked. I was playing basketball. Um, (laughs) But uh, Peter was doing something literally that defied everything that we know. And he was walking on water. Peter, without hesitation, steps out onto the water and starts walking to Jesus. And I was thinking of this, I was thinking of an illustration that I could, like a visual, but I wasn't able to come up with a visual, but I came up with something. So growing up, I wanted to be a sniper. I wanted to go into the military. I wanted to become a sniper. And um, this was the best thing I'd come up with. And in a sniper team, you have two people. You have the sniper, the one shooting, and the spotter. Does anyone know who the most important person is in that team? The spotter. Does anybody know why? Because he gives the ranges. He has a wider angle. He's able to see everything that's going on. He's able to see which way the wind's blowing. He knows the elevation. He knows the distances. He has all the calculations already memorized in his head. So when he has a target, he can tell the spotter, and the spotter just has to obey him. But there, another thing that I got from this is he's able to see farther than the sniper is. All he has to do is just, the sniper just has to hold where the spotter tells him and pull the trigger. The spotter can see everything else that's about to happen. The spotter has a wider range and he knows. You have to be obedient to the voice of God He knows what is coming and is able to give you instruction on how to prepare for the future. He is able to give you adjustments that will help you in the long run. You just have to be obedient to his voice. Because because you have to be obedient to his voice because your obedience can be somebody else's breakthrough. People may have a breakthrough in their life because you're obedient to the voice of the Lord. Peter also had faith to take a step out on the water. He walked out on the water. That takes some faith to be able to take the first step out of the, out of the boat. Has anyone ever got to a situation in life where you're like, okay, now if I take the first step, everybody else is going to follow me, right? But nobody else has gone before you, so it takes a lot, a lot, a lot of faith to take that first step. And people, watch your examples, Peter was doing the impossible by walking on the water with Jesus. But when he failed, Jesus picked him up and said, You of little faith, why do you doubt? Peter was the man to call out to Jesus and to take the first step for... Call <laughs> Peter was the man to call out to Jesus and take the step out onto the water, and still Jesus says, You of little faith. Peter was the boldest person in the boat. He called out to the ghost that they thought. And when he said, come, not even knowing for certain that it was him, he still took a step out. Right? He was the boldest person, and Jesus said, you still owe a little faith. What I realized when I was studying this, is that you can be obedient to the call, but if you don't have faith in the one who called you, you'll sink. Peter was obedient to Jesus, but didn't have the faith to keep going on the water. Faith is just not taking a step, but continuing continuing to keep your eyes on the one that called you out. Another verse I wanted to look at is Matthew 25, verse 21. And... Matthew 25, verses 21, or verse 21. Oh, I'm going way past it. So this is the parable... Of the talents, so I really just wanted to highlight verse twenty-one. Or does does everybody know it? Should we reread it? I'll summarize it until we get to that part. (laughs) So basically, there's this lord or this king. He has three servants. Gives one servant five talents. He gives another servant, or yeah, five talents, and then two or three talents, and then one talent. The two servants that got the five and the three, they went out, invested, and came back with another five talents and another three talents. The other person that had one talent, he went out and dug it and put it in the ground because he was afraid that he would lose it. So in verse 21, it says, and this is the Lord talking to the two that went out and reaped a harvest, basically. He's, and it says, His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant, you were faithful over a few things, I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Who wants to hear this at the end? Well done, good and faithful servant. The key right there is faithful. He didn't say, Good job, smart man good job, you were so handsome, you did a good job. I may get that, but just kidding, 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 joking. Or he wasn't like, wow, you're a great investor. Enter the kingdom. I'll make you ruler over much. Well done. He said, good job, good and faithful servant. Being faithful is a lifestyle, not letting the things of the world keep you from being faithful. Which leads to my second point, which is distractions. Peter, in verse 30, is a perfect example of being distracted. And it says in verse 30, But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out to the Lord, saying, Lord, save me. When Peter saw what was going on around him, he took his eyes off of Jesus and began to sink. When he took his eyes off what was important, Which is the one person that called him out in the water in the first place, he began to sink. I have seen this with so many people. They lose sight of God and what he called them to, and they end up falling away, no longer serving the Lord, because they took their eyes off what was important. I talked with my aunt and uncle, and they're missionaries in the Philippines. And they've been missionaries for oh goodness, sixteen years now to the Philippines. They went there originally for two years, and they're like, okay, this is where God has called us. So now it has been 16 years. And the biggest thing that they're having, the hardest problem that they're having is getting people to stay and commit. People will come for a year or so, and they can't do it. They have a hard time sticking, committing to that because they're getting so burnt out. They're trying to do so much, and they're forgetting who called them there. And they're trying to force everything and do everything on themselves. And so they're having so many problems with getting people to commit and stay at that place and just minister to God. They're doing big things over there. But they're having a hard time getting people to commit and stay faithful to what God's called them to. Lost my spot. Just took the eyes off what was important. I have even done this. If I can be real with you guys, serving at the church, and always going, always being here, you can lose sight of why I got into ministry, and that's exactly what I did. I lost sight of what God was calling me to. I started getting focused on everything else that was going around me, and and stopped focusing on who called me there. And when you start doing that, you start getting burnt out, and you start being just, like, honestly didn't even want to do it anymore. Oh my God, you know what? Like, this has got to be you because this is not fun. This is not what I thought it was going to be. Anyone ever run into a situation like that where you're like, Amen, and it's not the situation you thought it was going to be? Played it out in your head, and you're like, Nope, this is not how I went down in my head. This can't be God. Anyone ever run into that? Amen. Amen. Peter, when he saw his circumstances, started to lose focus on the things and not, started, started to focus on the things around him and not on Jesus. We all have gone through things in our lives that pull focus off Jesus and what he has called us. I heard it said like this, "Is the devil, we're all pretty mature Christians, mature Christians, the devil, can't pull us away from Jesus. He knows how steadfast we are in our faith and that kind of stuff, and so Instead of trying to just rip us away from Jesus, he tries to focus our, our eyes and everything away from him. He goes, if I can get him focused on something over here and forget what's happening over here, I can guide him that way. And I've seen so many times, especially going on in my life, my dad has cancer and all these things happening, and I start focusing on this instead of the person that could fix this problem. I start keeping my eyes here instead of the one That can fix it. My dad used to be a motor cop, and in motor training they taught him where you look is where you'll go. Whatever you focus on, that's where you're going to go. If you want to go and try to be a part of this problem instead of the one that can fix it, then keep focusing that way. So let me ask you guys this today. Is there something that is pulling your focus off of Jesus When I was thinking about about when I was thinking about being distracted, this verse came into my head. It's First Colossians three verses one through two. Is someone in there? I'd like to read it. Someone out there? First, it's Colossians three verses one through two. You read it. Perfect. Whatever one you got. <laughs> um through three. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Amen. Then if you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are Above. Doesn't say seek the things that are which are in this world. Seek the things which are above, which are greater than the things on this world. Mm. This is basically saying keep your focus on God, not the things that are around you. Another story I wanted to take a quick look at is Luke 10, verse 38 through 42. Going really fast guys, I'm sorry. Luke what I say, Luke ten. Thirty eight. Alright. Story of Mary and Martha. So verse thirty, I'm gonna start there. It said now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered, said to her, Martha, Martha, you were worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which all, which will not be taken away from her. Don't get caught up in the small things and lose sight of the big picture, like Martha. She was so caught up in the small things and lost sight of spending time with the one. That was important, which is Jesus. The last thing I wanted to talk about is comparison and how it will cripple your calling. This story, Pastor Tim talked about last week, last Tuesday, but I really wanted to go back on it because something, when I was preparing and thinking and reading about this and studying, this came up to me. It's John 21. Verse 20 through 22. Do I have another person who wants to read that? John 21, 20 through 22. I got it. I'll do it. <laughs> Verse 20. And it says, Then Peter turned around, saw the disciple who Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, But Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. I want to reread that. Verse 21. Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, But Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, If I will that he return till he remain till I come, What is that to you? You follow me. I can just see Jesus kind of scolding Peter like a kid. I can relate to this because I was a kid once. But I could just see most of you guys look like your parents in here. Did you guys ever do with your kids like my dad did with me or my mom? Where they're like, focus, eyes here. Right? Like, hey, focus here. You guys ever get that? Yeah? My, I think my de- mom and dad still do it. I don't know. I'm not focusing on them, but um, <laughs> they, I could see them just, I could just see my dad doing that. Hey, hey, I'm here. Hey, eyes, focus here. I could see Jesus doing that up here. Like, hey, don't, don't eyes, here. You follow me, <laughs> not anyone else around you. You follow me. Right? I just see Jesus like that. But Jesus. But Jesus, I could all see. Jesus is like, Peter, didn't you already learn when we were on the boat, you keep your eyes on me? Don't worry about anything else but me. Like, see so Jesus is like just Peter. Here, eyes, focus, here, me. Not anyone else. Me. Focus on me. Right? If you s- start comparing yourself with others, it will cripple your calling. Did you notice that Peter had to turn around to see this man? When you start with comparison, it will take you away from where God is calling you. You were never meant to be that person you're comparing yourself with. One last story. I know told a lot of stories and been talking a lot of, about it, but... It's Luke 15, 20 through 22, and it's the story of the prodigal son. So I'll read it real quick. It says, So he got up and went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing, so he called out to the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has come back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, Look, all these years I have been slaving for you, And never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Anyone sense a little jealousy, a little comparison in there? No? Just a little bit? Alright. But when the son of yours, but when this son of yours has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you will kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because your brother of yours was dead and, in, and is alive again. He was lost and is found. The older son is the person I really wanted to highlight in this story. He is comparing himself to his brother's younger brother or sinner, if you want to take it that way. He's a sinner and how the father is killing the fattened calf, celebrating the son who has come back. And yet he's complaining about how he never gave even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. I don't know about you guys, I've never asked my dad for a young goat. I don't know about any of you guys, but (laughs) just saying, thought about that. But the father's response is what is amazing. He says, my son... My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because the brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. The father, I feel, really gives the older son a reality check. He was like, your brother was dead, but now is found. You're complaining about what you get. You're complaining about what you get and don't get. We cannot do this as Christians. We have to keep our eyes on the Father. Can I have the worship team come back? I want to sing that last song again. We cannot do this as Christians. We have to keep our eyes on the Father, in what He has for us. Comparison will cripple you, and and will cripple you and your call if you're not careful. I wanted to re-read, not re-read, but re-talk about Martha and Mary. Martha, she realized she was doing all the work, stopped, and went and talked to Jesus and started talking to him, complaining about him, comparing herself to Mary. But when she stopped doing, she stopped serving, and started complaining and comparing herself, she stopped being productive completely. She was no longer preparing the feast or doing anything like that. And Jesus had stopped talking and was only talking with her. When we start comparing ourselves and we start looking at other people and want to be where they are and want to be who they are, we cripple who God has already called us to be. I'm never going to be a Joe. And Joe's never going to be me. God has called us each individually to be who we are. I'm never going to be able to reach some of the people you guys are able to reach. And you guys are never gonna be able to reach some of the people I'm able to reach. Like I'm never gonna be able to go where Eve went to Tajikistan and set up a whole ministry there and change people's lives. Because that's not where God has called me to be. And we need people like Eve and like Tim that went out, got out of their comfort zone, were following God's call and faithful for so long. To be at that place, to be there, because without those people, those people will never be reached. If you're not walking out your call with God, then people are going to miss out on the opportunity. Best friend told me after I got saved, he's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, well, I want to become a pastor. And I wasn't expecting his response because he did, he did not like church. He hated church. He got up, I took him to church one time. He said, why do you follow all these rules? I was in high school. I said, I don't know. I was kind of stupid, right? But after high school, and we kind of set he went to Arizona, I got away, I realized it was wasn't a set of rules, it was a relationship. God was walking me through that. So when I told him I wanted to become a pastor, his response is what got me. He said, Good, because you'll be the only person I ever go and listen to. So now that puts a call on me. I'm only ever going to be able to reach him. He didn't say he's gonna go listen to someone else. He puts a call on me where I'm only gonna to listen to you. So now I have to walk out my call so eventually one day I can get where I can talk with him and preach to him. So he listens and hears the love of God. And he realizes it's not a set of rules, it's a relationship, but I, I never walk out my call and I lose sight of where I'm going. He's never gonna hear that. I'm never gonna be able to talk with him. And it's crazy because all the things that transpired, he called me the other day, and he's like, bro, how, how are your studies coming? How are you doing? Are you still becoming a pastor? Is that still something? I said, yeah. He goes, good, man, because I was praying for you. Right? That's the first time I've ever said he's going to pray for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> my God, you're so amazing. I had to deal with this in my life. Don't compare myself to other people what I had to learn is you have a pri- you have to have a priority on God and not the distractions or be comparing yourself to other people. I wanted to just, if you guys need a prayer for anything or anything like that, I know Pastor, Pastor Eve will be up here and I'll be up here. If you guys need prayer for anything, you just need someone just to agree with you and stuff and areas in your life and pray for those things, I know... Myself and Pastor Eve will be up here, but I hope that these things help you guys to go on and with your call and walk your call out with God. Walk out your potential with him. Cause I I personally want to see every single one of you guys flourish in what God has for you. So as we sing this last song, let's sing it again, just worship, just pray. If you guys need anything, I'll be up here. Pastor Eve, I know, will be here if you guys need anything, so...